I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. All right. All right. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Here's In the Bonus with Doug Gottlieb. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show in the Bonus on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Welcome in. Hope you're doing great, man. Hope you're just doing excellent. Feel good about yourself? Good. Okay, we got a great show for you. I think you'll like it here on the In the Bonus podcast. Um, I want to start with something which is, you know, like, look, in the radio show, we started with the Bills, and I I think that, um, uh, you know, I think that is a huge story, and we discussed it and how they continue to not be able to deal with the ramifications of those 30, 13 seconds a year and a half ago. But I, I want to start with what Dan Lanning said yesterday and how I actually or why I actually believe him that he'll stay in Oregon. Now, it's not just having three kids, uh, three boys, one's in middle school and the other two are elementary school and he likes raising a family there. I think that's a real thing. And moving and not wanting to move is a real thing. But let's just be honest. Okay? You take a job and you're a competitor. He's clearly a competitor. He wants to win a national championship. Um, who doesn't? And he has a chance at Oregon. But, you know, previous coaches to him have left for greener pastures, for schools where you're more likely to compete for a national championship. Or, you know, Chip Kelly went to the National Football League. And it's, it's a really interesting case study. Like just do yourself a favor if you're not totally familiar with Oregon football. Go ahead and look, look at it. 
Okay. Go and look at who is the coach, what's been their record, all these different things. You know, because they went through a downward swing after um, after Chip Kelly. Then Mark Helfrich won 11 games, 13 games, and then nine games. And then they struggled for a year. He got fired. And keep in mind that his quarterback is, you know, when he got fired, the guy he had recruited to be the next star is now Justin Herbert. Right Then Willie Taggart to Mario Cristobal. Mario got it going. And what's interesting is, like, here's a program that, um, you know, Rich Brooks was there forever. Forever. The same Rich Brooks that coached in the NFL. Rich Brooks was there from 1977 to 1994, 17 years. And the most games they ever won was his last year. They won nine games. Mike Bellotti was there, and he did take it to a new level. Mike Bellotti retired in 2008. He took the job in 1995. That's 13 years, right? So you had, for 30 years, you had two coaches. Then they go get Chip Kelly. And, well, Chip Kelly was their offensive coordinator with Bellotti. He kind of changed the game, played fast. Chip Kelly won 10, 12, 12, 12. Helfrich won 11, 13, 9, and then had the bad year. And, of course, now you're in position to have double-digit wins for the fourth time in five years with two different head coaches. And whether it's Mario Cristobal or Willie Taggart, who failed at, at, at Florida State. Granted, he was barely at Oregon. He was at Oregon for 12 games. Um, Chip Kelly, who, you know, he didn't exactly kill it in the National Football League. He did win 10 games first two years. But Chip Kelly... All of them, Kelly, Taggart, Cristobal, have never been the same. And probably you said, eh, should he have kept that? Should he stay at Oregon? And the argument against staying at Oregon is one argument: there's not enough players in the area, right? Because you know, once they started building facilities and keeping up with the facilities, where well, once Phil Knight really got involved in the football program, it, it was no longer about facilities. It was no longer about resources. It was simply about could you get enough players to get there? Because the difference is that you're going to get most kids traditionally have always wanted to go within some sort of radius around where they live. What's changed in college football is because of NIL, it doesn't matter nearly as much. It still matters some, but one, you're going to go somewhere you're going to be compensated. Two, because you're being compensated, you can fly whoever you want out to see your games. You know, previously, did, did parents come and move in town? For you to have to chit-chat, especially whenever you're not. Did, did parents fly out to see their kids? Sure. Did girlfriends, did cousins fly out to see their kids? Of course they did. Of course they did. But now, it, whether it was done legally or illegally in the past, now it's completely legal. You can find ways to do things. And I think because of it, now all the other good parts about Oregon's job become even better. You know, um, man, they beat, they beat Arizona, the year Arizona won the national championship. And I was like, man, that is a lot of weed. I am not a weed guy. That is a lot of weed. That, that, was, my, that was my memory. And I did think there were some ladies that had a little bit more hair in their armpits than I was used to. But I can get by on that because lots of college campuses have kind of the hippie effect. But it is a really cool college town. It's in a really pretty part of the country. They've been really successful. They're obviously supported not just by Nike when you play there, but afterwards 
you can get a job at Nike. You can get a job. They have so many people connected in so many parts of the sports industry that, and they have a great sports management program, by the way, that all of a sudden now the better attributes, these attributes about Oregon that never came to be factors can be factors. So, look, do I think NIL is destroying the fabric of college athletics? I do. I do. I don't think this is what it's been about, and I don't love it. Okay, but I also know that the number one thing that NIL has done is it's made location um, a much lesser factor than it ever was previously. Ever was previously. And then there is one other part to it, which is the location does help them in that West Coast kids. I mean, now Washington's got it going. USC's got it going. Um but Cal and Stanford, I don't think we'll ever get it going in this new landscape, playing in the ACC, like all of that is bad. So Northern California is kind of unclaimed and it becomes possible Oregon territory or USC territory. Um, and they've done well in the Hawaiian community with Polynesian players, not just Hawaii, but other Polynesian players. So I, I could be wrong here, but I think what Dan Lanning saying is not just specific to Dan Lanning because he has a young family and he likes it there and they gave him his first big shot. All that's a factor. But I think the reality is, just like in college basketball now, Kansas State can go head up against anybody in recruiting because they have big time NIL. They got a big time atmosphere. They got all the facilities and it doesn't matter that much anymore where you where you are. The same is true with Oregon and college football. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Let's get to what the Fox said. And now... <laughs> This is Colin Cowherd talking about the Bills firing their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. 
Buffalo Bills have fired their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. They'll move uh, uh, Joe Brady up. Now, is, is it a scapegoat move? Maybe. But it wasn't working. So scapegoat or not, it wasn't working. And I've always had this theory that any great otherworldly talent, like Kobe Bryant, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Michael Jordan, uh, Tiger Woods, needs a stronger coach, a guiding light, a mentor. I mean, Tiger, the stronger the coach, the better the golfer, less trouble he got in. You need a guiding light. Tom Brady is the GOAT, but Tom Brady was kept in check by his own limitations. He never, like, veered into ad-libbing and uh, uncoachable or difficult to coach or undisciplined. Tom knew what he was. All athletes do. And Tom knew what he wasn't. But when you get a Lamar Jackson or a Josh Allen that can win games with just otherworldly talent, they will bulldoze coaches. You have to have the strongest coaches. Mahomes couldn't even win in college. He wins Super Bowls in the NFL. Because in college... Coach, just let him be great. But even great goes sideways. So freakish talent has limitations. So the stronger the talent, the stronger the coach needed. And right now, Buffalo needed to make a move. Um, okay. You know, I'll go with some of that. I would also tell you that, and I said this in the radio show, uh, granted different offensive coordinator, different defensive coordinator, but mentally, they'd never been able to get over the fact they had the Chiefs beat in the playoffs. They had the Chiefs beat in the playoffs. That's a hard one to get over. Yeah, they can point to DeMar Hamlin and playing on the road, but the, the truth is they have not been able to get over losing to the Chiefs when they had the Chiefs dead to rights. Josh Allen played a perfect game. And those ones don't leave you. They just don't. They leave a mark. They leave an indelible impression on your soul that you had a game and you would have probably beat the Bengals and gone to the Super Bowl. You had it and you gave it away. And that one is really hard to get over. And I think collectively they have not gotten over it all. Not gotten over it all. Here's Richard. And, and oh, yeah, by the way, in terms of having a strong offensive coordinator, this is where Jay Stu, you're wrong. When you talk about Terod Taylor, when, you know, he made a mistake about a month ago playing for the Giants and he got called out by Brian Dable. They know that's the deal. That's how he's. Co- that's how he coaches. That's what. That's why guys they like being disciplined. So I disagree. I think that that is par for the course. That's what you need to have. That's how you have to relate to players. When you're in bad, you got to be cold. You're bad because otherwise, when you tell them they're good, it doesn't resonate. Here's Richard Sherman talking about Josh Allen. People keep saying, hey, the ball bounced off the receiver's hands and you can't blame him for tipped up passes. And you're right. You can't blame him for once in a and every now and then a ball getting tipped up and things like that happening. But consistently every single year, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. And now in 2023, he's leading the league in turnovers. And so. At some point, you have to hold him accountable and say, maybe it's a little bit on him. Maybe to Skip's point, maybe he's not 
showing the touch that you need. Maybe throwing from the out from the opposite hash is not the play that needs to be made. So you people always talk about Brock Purdy and all his deficiencies, and he doesn't have this and he doesn't have that. Well, he plays the game at a high level. He leads the league in QBR. He, does. he, he doesn't takes care of the yeah. football. He, you, he gets the ball to his weapons. And to Dak Prescott's point, he's been playing well the last three games. He's getting the ball to C.D. Lamb more than he ever has. He's finally they they're finally targeting him in a way that makes him uh, 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 an elite receiver. He's putting elite receiver numbers up. And so we have to be critical of the guy who's a great person but has been cost his football team wins. He's getting paid the big bucks because they want to be able to lean on him. They want to be able to trust him to win the game in these situations. And they're 500 because he's not taking care of the ball. That's true. I mean, look, look, Sherm's not wrong, and dude clearly knows football. It's it's true. But, like, what are you going to do? They fired the offensive coordinator to maybe get somebody who, who's more stern and will hold him more accountable and give him more options or whatever. They had a problem there. The, the, the issue is not identifying the problem, though. The, the issue is identifying solutions. Here's Dan Patrick and the Danettes talking about Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. They're not an underdog. They're Michigan. He makes it seem like they're this plucky team that somehow they rose up against the titans of the sport. Like TCU was America's team. That was an underdog team. Did they cheat? Like they're America's team? Um, I don't think America goes, man, that's our team. They cheat. And I've said before, I hope that they get their opportunity to speak and give us information on whatever they need to give us here. But are they denying that something happened here? I, it doesn't feel like that. They want due process. That's that's what they're really big on. They do process. Well, it's about capitalism. Not, uh, adversity. We're really <laughs> overcoming the odds. You're Michigan. Yes, play the victim. Yeah. Don't tell us that uh, you, you know why you're the victim. Yeah, let others go to bat for you. I, I like it, and I think others have gone to bat for you. But at some point, you have to stick up for yourself. You know. Um, yeah, that's, that's honestly what I think it, it, it's about is that it's gotta be to me, it's, it's gotta be, um, about Michigan football and he's making them into, he thinks they're the, they're America's team because they're wrongly charged with being the bad guy when they're really the good guy. That's his, that's his, that's his take. You know, where America, outside of America, by many countries, just looks as a bad guy. But the truth is, we're really trying to be the good people. I don't know. It's, it's, Harbaugh stuff is always entertaining. It doesn't always hit the mark. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't offend me. Um, I thought it was funny that he's America's team. You know, feels like the Cowboys are the perfect America's team. Overhyped, glitzy, glamorous. And yet, when you dig down to it, maybe they're lacking some core fundamentals that make them great. I don't know. But if you've watched enough Harbaugh press conferences, you know, that's like the least weird thing he's ever said. That's what the Fox says. What does the Fox say? Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Let's find out who or what's annoying Jason Stewart. And now, it's your annoying. This one is just in, Doug. This is like hot off the presses as we're recording this anyways. Um, Let me give you some context here. Yesterday, we talked about this on the radio show. Um, I had tweeted out a video on Sunday night and made an observation, and that video and tweet went viral, was picked up by a bunch of blogs and local New York papers, and it really kind of hit a chord about, um, about Nathaniel Hackett. And I said yesterday on the show, I think it was my most successful tweet. Now, for those that aren't influencers and are on Twitter, successful by just like, I guess, engagements and shares and whatnot. I've never had a more successful tweet. Okay, But I think everything's come full circle. I think I could could claim victory because as I'm watching Pat McAfee interview Aaron Rodgers, And I'm watching Pat McAfee ask Aaron Rodgers about Nathaniel Hackett and Zach Wilson. I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if they're going to reference the video that I tweeted out. Um, Lo and behold, Doug, to claim a victory on this week on Twitter, um, McAfee not only references the moment, but he they also play the video, even though ESPN is a rights holder and they have actual footage to to uh to reference they played my video and how do you know it's my video because my video has like three reflections of my lamp in the background and it's obviously a cell phone video um and it sounded like this 
There has been some moments with you that people have seen. Connor has a question for you. Yeah, Aaron, and a lot of people are saying, too, like, yeah, well, it's pretty easy when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback in those offenses. But this weekend, uh, obviously, the streak kind of continued where it's mo- all field goals and no touchdowns. And then there was a moment on the broadcast, actually, where they are kind of zoomed in on Hackett. He calls his play. Yeah, here it is. And then it quickly goes right to you because you have the headset on and they want to see what your reaction is to it. Um, how difficult is it to kind of like sit on the sidelines, hear the plays, and then watch kind of the execution be screwed up? And is it tough not to like overcoach, if you will, Zach, and kind of try to overhelp him too much? Because obviously you're one of one and not every single quarterback can do the things that you can do in that offense. Okay, so here's what's annoying about the question, Doug. Um, a couple things. As they're playing the video, and you could access this, they don't credit me. I think that's a, some kind of violation of FCC uh, rules. I think so. Anyways, secondly, the question is such a soft sell, and I think it kind of speaks to why you don't pay guests and why you don't do like sycophantic interviews with guests. The question is pretty simple. You're obviously disapproving of something there. What what were you disapproving of? You were shaking your head at something. And then let Aaron answer it. But then it becomes a question about you're one of one, and it must be really tough sitting there on the sideline watching someone who isn't as great as you, and you're so great, and I, I, you know, I really think you're the best ever. Uh, is it really hard to be that great? Um, that's, what, that's what annoys me about this entire thing. But, but I will claim a victory on Twitter this week. Hmm. Um. Okay, you're getting a little possessive of a video that you actually don't own the rights to and could get sued for repurposing and rebroadcasting. I just want to point that out. I like can, you know that you I remember that ad, that, you know that thing they run before all the games that uh, the NFL reserves the rights to all, all uh, you know to all broadcasts and repurposing of can be a direct violation of FCC law, right? You realize that's you. I'm not selling anything. I'm not profiting from it. It doesn't matter, you can't do it. I, I doubt that. I'm not. No, I'm, you really can't do it. I'm not a lawyer, but I do know that. I don't know if you know this. This is a real thing. So, ESPN's deal. I'm gonna I'm gonna blow some people's minds here. I don't know if the numbers are still the same. They may have gone higher. The reason ESPN paid so much for the Monday Night Football thing, and everybody goes like, "Oh my God, they so overpaid for Monday Night Football." Every time they did it, but wrapped into that is they can use NFL highlights whenever they want. I don't think there's a limitation on it. Do you know what it costs Fox to use a minute of NFL highlights? In, in like the Daily Show. Like when you used to book for Cowherd and they start, or now they have, uh, Mark Sanchez does the breakdown of a play or something. Do you know how much it costs per minute? I, I think it's outrageous, even though Fox is the right holders. It's $50,000 a minute. And that may have gone up. Fox is the rights holder to the games. Not the highlights. Not the highlights. So, um, and like you can show highlights in like a highlight show on your local sports affiliate whenever you want, but that's not what this is. So, you know, it's, it's called B-roll, right? When you're, you're rolling highlights, that's $50,000 a minute. That's what you would owe. But it would be $50,000 for any minute that it airs, and you were the one who rebroadcast it. So what you're claiming is that I'm claiming I'm it, telling you it's an FCC violation followed by an FCC violation because if we do highlights on our program just on audio 
and we don't credit the actuality, yeah. then we're violating an FCC rule. Yes. So it was, it was... It's different on TV. It was mine. It, they had the visual rights to it. And if you put out their, if you put that out during the weekday, you're going to, you know, literally could get sued. So I would, I would not be as possessive. What else you got? Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to own it. I'm, I'm going to still own it as a Twitter victory. Um, so anyone who has a problem, um, Cooper flag, I think had a, his first high school game last night or something. They won by 90 points and there's already been backlash. Anyone who has a problem with a high school team having a 90-point win, I think it was 118 to uh, whatever 90 points is after that, 28. Um, Anyone who has a problem with a school, quote, running it up, the coach didn't pull pull back on the reins or whatever, hasn't really played competitive sports. And what I mean by this is this. If you've played competitive sports on any level, you've been on the losing end and the winning end of routes. And if I'm on the losing end of a route, I, th- I find it patronizing and even more humiliating if the other team stops playing. So if you're insinuating that the, they, I guess they, what, they go to the old, whatever the four corners was and just milk the clock and what, not shoot the ball, um, that's more humiliating to the team getting their ass kicked than getting run over by 90 points. I can guarantee you that. So anyone who has a problem with a 90-point route, I'm annoyed by. I have a problem with a 90-point route. I just do. I don't think you do that, man. Are you pressing? Are you pressuring? Like, I think you can hold the basketball, but I don't think you can press and pressure. I think that's bullshit, you know? I mean, if you play all your guys, I mean, in, in high school, I don't know if you know this, I, I played in one fourth quarter in league play in high school, my senior year, one. And it was only for a couple minutes. So um, we played Westminster, and it was the night of our winter formal, and our coach told us, like, hey, we were up like 35, 40 at half or something like that. And he was like, look, the less you guys foul, the quicker this thing goes. And so we played the third quarter without fouling. And we didn't play the fourth quarter. We told those bench guys, like, you do not foul. I think we committed one foul in the second half. One foul. But you can do it. The 90 points is ridiculous, dude. I, I disagree. Who else? Major League Baseball continues to shoot themselves in the foot. I remember uh, Scott Boris a few years back kind of did like a Jerry Maguire thing where he basically went on a diatribe of what baseball needs to do to fix itself, to get itself more exposure, to become more popular. Um, and I thought it was pretty genius. And I, I recommend any of our listeners to, to Google that. But one of them that I couldn't agree with more was having the awards given out during the postseason when everyone's paying attention to your sport. Uh, we learned yesterday that the rookie of the years for each league were handed out. Um, people barely care about your sport during the season. <laughs> they barely cared about the World Series this year, and they really don't care about it on November the 13th. Um, have some kind of an award show after the regular season, 
in that little gap between the regular season and the postseason, like try to make headlines in your sport when you have a captive audience. Um, this like slow roll of award winners is just aggravating. I, I totally agree with you there. It's so annoying. Like you have no momentum. Baseball usually, and, and this year didn't have great momentum because of the teams that were in it. But um, yeah, I just, I, I think it's crazy that, that in no way, no way is this, do you feel connected to the season? I would do it right after the regular season. Right after the regular season. I completely, you know what? That's it. That wins. Major League Baseball, waiting so long, slow rolling out awards that we have moved on and don't care about. Why are we doing this? Why do I? Because we can. Doug, this is an amazing, this is an amazing bit of audio that we can only play on the podcast. This is artist Skilla Baby. I'm not too familiar with Skilla Baby. But keep in mind that LeBron James himself, who is as thirsty a person for being popular as any famous person in the world, repurposed this on his own Instagram account. This is Skilla Baby talking about LeBron. I hate Brian. I hate that new like Brian Brian got a fire ass game. But like nigga, I hate that new move he do where he like look at the ball and then turn fast as hell and shoot that bitch, let that bitch float in the air and then grab it out the air and shoot. Like I don't like that move. Uh, I don't like how he used to travel. You feel me? He used to travel like crazy. Yeah, and then I still said he was great. He doing all that traveling and shit. But like. I get that. Brian is a businessman. Even as a basketball player, he fires fuck. But, like, I just got to hate on you. I don't like how you don't want to check nobody good. Like, you only know for chase down blocks. I don't like how you, like, you pass that bitch when it, like, when it's crunch time. That's true. I want to see you. I want to see, like, Brian the closer. Like, you ain't my favorite player, but as a nigga favorite player, they want to see you win the game. You feel me? But you old right now, so I'm going to let you be. But, like, mm. Brian, I fuck with you in real life. But, like, as a basketball player, I got to hate you because I'm a Kobe fan. And they always trying to act like you better than Kobe. But Is he awake or asleep? It feels like he, he did that interview from bed. He's a diehard Laker fan who's a Kobe fan. <laughs> Of course he is. It's of course amazing. he is. It's, it's amazing audio. Why do we play it for you? Because we can. All right, that's it for the In the Bonus podcast. I'm Doug Gottlieb. We'll check you tomorrow. This is In the Bonus. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see... See what music does to people. 
it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.